0: Chapter Thirteen of the Phantom Town Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Phantom Town Mystery by Carol Norton. Chapter Thirteen. A sandstorm. The return to the car was not without difficulties. At the spot where the natural steps were not close together, Jerry finding the merest toehold in the cliff and only the scraggliest growth to which he could cling, did, however, manage to reach the step above. He then dropped one end of the rope down, and Dick ascended nimbly. Then Jerry made a swing of the lariat. Mary, flushed and laughing up at him, sat in it and was slowly lifted to the ledge above. This, being narrow, could hold no more than three, so Mary climbed still higher, then turned and watched while Dora was lifted in the swing. The girls were told to return to the car while the boys tied the box on the end of the rope and drew it up over the sheer place. From the road Mary looked out far across the desert. "'How queer the air looks, doesn't it?' she said, pointing to what seemed to be a huge yellow cloud of sand which was moving rapidly across the floor of the desert and shutting out the little grand canyon from their view. Jerry, with the small trunk on one shoulder, joined them. Dick whirling the lariat playfully, was not far behind. Mary again pointed. What is that far below there, Jerry? Is it a windstorm? I reckon that's what it is, Jerry said, carrying enough sand with it to change things up a little. But more'n like it will blow itself away before we get down to the valley road. He seemed little concerned about it, and the girls, in their curiosity about the small trunk, also forgot it. Where they stood, in a flood of late warm afternoon sun, there was not a breath of air stirring. "'What a queer little trunk,' Mary said, touching the battered top of it with an investigating finger. "'What is it made of, Jerry?' "'You've got me guessing,' the cowboy replied. "'Some kind of a thick animal skin, I reckon, stretched over a frame. It tightened as it dried. "'Shouldn't you say so, Dick?' The boy addressed was helping to lash the small box on the running board of the car. "'It looks like a homemade affair to me,' he said. "'Probably they brought it over from Scandinavia.' Dora was peering around it. "'There isn't a lock,' she observed. "'I suppose whatever it was tied with rotted away long ago.' Then as another thought came, "'Oh, Jerry, if we had waited maybe even a week, "'the stagecoach might have crumbled, don't you think? "'It couldn't have stayed together much longer.' right oh, the cowboy continued. Then with a quick glance at Dick he said, now that it's over, I'm thankful it has gone—the stagecoach, I mean. Dick and I might have been tempted to come back and look for more clues, and believe me, we came within one of going to the bottom. But jumping steers—we didn't, and it sure was some exciting adventure, wasn't it, old man?" Before Dick could reply, Mary said emphatically, "'I wouldn't have let you come back again, Jerry. You call me Little Sister, and brothers always have to obey, don't they, Dora?' but her friend laughingly denied, "'Not my small brother, believe me, no. When I want him to do a thing, I ask the opposite.' Jerry had seemed to be too intent on tying knots securely to have heard, but when he turned his grey eyes smiled at the smaller girl adoring her. "'This, big brother, is the exception which proves the rule,' he quoted. "'Command, little sister, and I will obey.' "'Bravo!' Dora teased, then to the other girl. Please command that we start for home. I'm wild to get there so that we may look through the trunk. Jerry removed the rocks that held the wheels. Dick was glancing about the part of the road where the small car stood. Do you plan turning here, Jerry? he asked. I was wondering because I heard you say it would be miles out of our way if we kept going straight on over the mountain. Not at the road, but down at the valley sandstorm which had not decreased in density. In fact, it had widened and was hiding the lower part of the mountain on which they stood. "'How much gas have we, Dick?' Jerry asked, making no comment on the sandstorm. "'About four gallons, and another five in the storage-can.' "'Good.' Again Jerry's gray eyes looked thoughtfully about. They seemed to be measuring the width of the road between the peak at their right and the edge of the descent at the left. Dick stepped back and through narrowed lids. He also estimated the distance. "'A leetle more than twice the width of the car,' he guessed. "'Say, old man,' Dick stepped eagerly toward the cowboy, "'let me turn it, will you? "'Back east, one of the crazy things we did at school "'was to have contests on car-turning. "'I was pretty darn good at it then. "'Could turn around on a dime, so to speak.' "'Still Jerry hesitated. "'But you don't know this car,' he began, "'when Dick interrupted swaggeringly "'to try to make the girls think the feat would be less serious "'than it really would be. Why, my dear vaquero, a wild car's as docile with me as a wild bronco would be with you. Knows the master's touch and all that." Then as Jerry still hesitated Dick leaped up under the wheel and called to the girls, "'Stand back, if you please, and make room for the world-famous—' The engine was starting, the car slowly turning. Dick did not finish his joking speech. He directed all his thought and skill to the turning of the car. There was a tense silence, broken by Dora. "'Why, there was lots of room after all!' she cried admiringly. gee Whizzle, Jerry had expected Dick to give up. "'I reckon you didn't rate yourself any too high when you were boasting about your skill.' He helped Mary up to her seat, then took the place Dick had relinquished to climb in back with Dora. Slowly the small car started down the road which they had ascended hours before. "'What thrilling adventures and narrow escapes we have had today, Dora exclaimed, loud enough for Jerry to hear. "'I reckon they're not all over yet,' the cowboy replied, then wished he had not spoken. "'What do you suppose Jerry means?' Dora asked in a low voice of Dick. The boy's first reply was a shrug of his shoulders. "'Nothing, really. At least I don't think he does.' Then, as they rounded an outflung curve in the road, and he saw the dull yellow flying cloud far below them, Dick added, as though suddenly understanding, "'Oh, ho, hi, Savvy. Jerry is thinking of the sandstorm.' "'But of course it can't climb the mountain, and equally, of course, Jerry won't run right out into it,' Dora said. Dick agreed, then asked, "'But what if the sandstorm lasted for hours and we had to stay in the mountain all night?' wouldn't that be another adventure? And if we should hear Pumas prowling around the car wishing to devour us, wouldn't that be a narrow escape?" Dora laughed. "'Do you know, Dick, when I first met you, I thought you were as solemn as an owl. I didn't dream that you were—I mean, are—a humorist.' "'Thanks for not saying clown,' Dick seemed so ridiculously grateful that Dora laughed again you remind me of harold lloyd she said and i hope you think that's a compliment he looks through his shell-rimmed glasses just as solemnly as you do when he's saying the funniest things instead of replying dick peered curiously ahead i reckon the another adventure or narrow escape is about to happen he said in a low voice close to Dora's ear leastwise our vehicle is slowing to a stop jerry making sure that the front wheels were safely wedged against the mountain turned and inquired dick can you and dora hear a roaring noise now that the car has stopped rattling i can dick replied it's the sandstorm isn't it dora leaned forward to ask yes jerry glanced back troubled there are two valley roads forking off just below here one goes over toward the Chiricahua mountains where our ranch is the other toward gleason where we have to go to take the girls now what i want to say is this our road is clear, but the Gleason road is in the path of the sandstorm. Of course, if the wind should change, it might catch us. But I reckon our best chance is to race across the open valley to Bar and ranch. You girls would have to stay all night, but Mother'd like that powerful well. We could telephone to Gleason, so your dad wouldn't worry. Mary, who had been listening with anxious eyes, now put in, but Jerry wouldn't that sandstorm cut down the wires?" I'd hate to have Dad anxious if there was any possible way of getting home. I have it, Dick announced. If, after we reach the ranch, we find we can't communicate with your home, Jerry and I will ride over there on horseback. The sandstorm will surely be blown away by then.' His questioning glance turned toward Jerry. "'Sure thing,' the cowboy replied. "'Now, girls, hold tight. We're going to drop down to the Cross Valley Road.' It's smooth and hard, and we're going to beat the world's record. End of chapter thirteen. Recording by Bill Borst.